This is David Rhymes, and you're listening to Foot Notable, a podcast where we discover the truth is in the details. All right, Orrin, we are both back in We're the studio. Back together. Yeah, it's I like am you back, never from, left. back from my conference. All right. Made the whole commute back from, from Zachary. Yeah. Back to downtown so Baton Rouge. You were so far away. You were, yeah. in, you were in Nashville by way of Zachary. By way of Zachary. I'm actually, you know, looking forward to being in Nashville next year, Lord willing. <laughs> we're not doing this nonsense no. anymore. Uh, but it, yeah, it was a great conference and it was fun to kind of phone in, talk about that. But October wanes on. Yes. We are coming now to the, the final stretch of this month, and you know what that means. Uh, the election's next month. Yeah, we weren't uh, going to talk about that. Uh, but yeah, mentioning the election, we are talking about <laughs> some scary stuff. This is spooky stuff today. Yeah, we're, talking sure. some, we're going to talk about some spooky stuff because at the end of the month of October – Unless you're just a, uh, you know, one of the uh, more Calvinistic. Uh, Reformation Day. Reformation Day. I said it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is Halloween. Halloween, baby. Halloween yes. is, is is big stuff. And we're going to talk a little bit about Halloween, the supernatural, today on the episode. The paranormal. The paranormal. Yes. All of that stuff. Yes. It's going to be good. But normally we talk about how some episode of. Seinfeld. Yes, because Seinfeld relates ties, to all parts of life. It does. Amen. It Amen. does. That's right. But unfortunately, uh, they never did the uh, stereotypical mm-hmm. Halloween-themed episode. And you know what? Good for them. Yeah. Good for them for breaking the mold. That's why it's the best sitcom ever. They rarely did any holiday-featured really episodes. Correct. You know, uh, you had Festivus, right? Right. Which was around Christmas. But other than that, there wasn't a much else that was holiday-themed. So... I commend them for making the effort to be a little different. Yes, without a doubt. But Jerry Seinfeld does not leave us with nothing. That's right. He did a bit back in the, the early 90s mm-hmm. on Halloween, trick-or-treating and things that like that. So we actually do have something Seinfeld to talk about. Let's do it. So Nana Nana Boo Boo on all of those who thought <laughs> this holiday had stumped us. Nope. We cannot be stumped with our powers combined we will always come up with a Seinfeld reference. <laughs> In one way or so, another. So enjoy this, ladies and gentlemen. So the first time you hear the, the concept of Halloween when you're a kid, your brain can't even process the information. You can, you're like, what, what is this? What did you say? So what did you say about giving out candy? Who was giving out candy? Everyone that we know is just giving out candy. Are you kidding me? When is this happening? Where? Why? Take me with you. I, I gotta be a part of this. I'll do anything that they want. I can wear that. All right. There we go, Warren. Yeah. There's a bit so good. from Jerry Seinfeld on it's brilliant. trick-or-treating. It's brilliant. Because it's so true. Like, when you hear this concept, like, wait a minute. People are just giving, like, giving away candy. I don't have to pay for it or do anything for it. Just show up, stick out your weird jack-o'-lantern bucket or whatever, and they just drop it into it. Yeah. That's the way it works. Let's do this all the time. Yeah. Right? Why is yeah. this one day of the year? Yeah, exactly. This doesn't make any sense. This yeah. this holiday exists, and you've relegated it to one day of the year. 
Yeah. So Halloween is one of those things, you know, we talked a lot about COVID over the last several months and we've dealt with a lot of restrictions. People asked as October began to creep up on us, Hey, you think they're going to do trick or treating? Yeah. I'm like, listen, there is no army on earth that is going to keep kids away from free candy. That's right. I I don't care what any governor says. Kids are going to do some form of trick or treating (laughs) one way or the other, because they're going to get that free candy. You can cancel school, but you can't cancel Halloween, baby. No, you really can't. (laughs) You you can, you can do with a way of all things that we, we love and hold dear. That's right. But if you are going to get between a bunch of sugar craved children mm-hmm. and free candy yep you better look out and let's not pretend like it's only the kids either the adults like their candy too some adults do. they they just like no we candy. do we love candy that's right we're just big kids man we are big kids and so we love and our so candy. with halloween and the candy and the costumes comes the more um spiritual nature of the holiday or, or the emphasis and there is a supernatural spiritual aspect of what's known as all hallows eve um, which if you were adults, I'm sure you've heard discussions, maybe even sermons or Bible studies about things like this. And so we want to talk a little bit about uh, today about the supernatural and the spiritual world um, because we're nearing Halloween. It's a time where we're really thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to dip our toe into it. Just, yeah, barely, yes. This is a big topic. Mm-hmm. So if you want to hear more after this, I'm not sure how we'll handle that discussion, <laughs> but... You're always welcome to send us questions because yeah, we're not, again, we're not going to cover a bunch of stuff. So let me just go ahead right off the bat as we get into it. If you have questions about the spirit world, supernatural things, ghosts, goblins, demons, angels, mm-hmm. things that go bump in the dark, and we're not covering it quite like the way you would have hoped, mm-hmm. please, by all means, send us a question. You can do that at hello at fbcbr. Dot com. Mm-hmm. We will get those questions, and we will be happy to provide you an answer. We may, uh, if we get enough, we may even just let that be Do next week's episode, episode yeah, and absolutely. just kind of walk through some of those. Yeah. But don't keep the questions to yourselves. You're welcome to ask those because there is no way we can just cover everything. That's right. That, we'll, we'll kind of get into later in the episode, what are some of the things under the umbrella mm-hmm. of supernatural, paranormal things? Mm-hmm. But right now, let's just take a little stroll back in time. All right. Back in time to our childhood, Orin. Yes. Back in the 80s. It's not that far back. It's, it's not, no. to be quite honest. It's a short walk. Like yesterday. Yeah. So what was Halloween like for little Orrin Connor? I think it was like just about all the other kids that lived in small town suburbia. Um, costume, uh, a, a bucket, a bag of some sort. Uh, walking around house to house, knocking on doors, people dropping candy into your uh, collection bin, um, and then going home, sorting through it, and uh, devouring it over the next few days or weeks. Um, the costumes were varied and different. When you're when we were when we when we were kids, the sort of like the department store costume was like the plastic mask, right, with a little thin band on and the, the back. little eye holes that cut the into your holes. face. Yeah, they, they kind of by the end of the day. By the end, of, like well, really about forty-five minutes into the evening, the band had already broken. Right, the mask wasn't working. You were sweating. Yeah, that mask still warm in right. Louisiana at that time. That's exactly right. And you had the cape or the or the costume on top. And yep. This is what you did, you know. Yep. And it was the classic Halloween, and uh, it wasn't mysterious. It wasn't spooky. It was about getting candy. That's really what it was. Dress up and go get candy. That's what we did. 
And it was fun. We, we enjoyed it. We lived in a neighborhood with a bunch of kids that lived kind of everywhere. And so we saw everybody. And we had to kind of identify yourself because you didn't know who was who with all the mm-hmm. costumes on. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, it, was a, it was a neighborhood event. And um, it was, it was your, your good old Americana. You know, it was, it, yeah. was, it was just fine. Yeah, I grew up uh, like the first seven years of my life uh, in a place where there were like houses and kids and things like that mm-hmm. and trick-or-treating. And then when we we moved and we lived out in the middle of Backwoods, Livingston Parish. Livingston Parish. Um, there were not houses mm-hmm. around us. Uh, and we weren't like just completely, totally remote. Right. But we weren't in a neighborhood and there's no subdivision. So you, there was no going house to house to house to house. So like we didn't really do a lot of trick-or-treating. And people did not come to our house for trick-or-treating because we lived next to the cemetery. <laughs> and in South Louisiana, nobody visits anybody lives by a cemetery that at night. Is right. Because yes. something's going to come out and get you. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> we, we still, you know, found ways to, like, enjoy the holiday. We had uh, some, some uh, members of the church that at the time had this incredible – decoration and light display for Halloween yeah. and then later uh, Christmas. And you could actually drive down uh, to their house. They had a big, long driveway. They lived on the back of a dairy farm and you would just drive down and they had a circle drive. And so once you got close to the house, they just had all these little animatronics right. and little, little cutouts and light things. And mm-hmm. you would just kind of slowly drive around and they would be kind of out there, you know, waving to folks and giving out candy and things like okay. that. that was a fun. And it was fun. Yeah, it was yeah, something yeah. different. Good. Not everybody had something like that. And, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. You get whatever candy you can mm-hmm. get. Sometimes we go to the mall, you go to the mall in Hammond, Hammond okay. square mall would yeah, yeah. do uh, trick or treating. And so you could go to the different stores okay. and trick or treat that way. All right. And so just whatever you could do as a kid, yeah. uh, really whatever your parents could do to help their kids, that lived out in the middle of the woods. Yeah, <laughs> find ways to get candy. We would do things like that. Oh, wow! And so it, it was. It was still. It was a fun time. Good. You get your little costume. You usually had some kind of event at school. Mm-hmm. Um, Albany uh, Middle School, High School, where I went to school, usually did like a little fair, a little carnival. Okay. Uh, and so that was one way for all these kids to, to come out of the woods. <laughs> so to speak, and, like, hang out, play games, get more candy. Mm -hmm. And so that's just kind of what we did. And it was was a lot of fun. That's awesome. So what about, like, um, the the more scary aspects of it? Mm -hmm. Like, did you ever go to haunted houses when you were growing up? So we did not go to haunted houses because I was part of a church youth group. We went to Hell House. Yes. (laughs) Our Better known as Judgment House. Judgment House. So this was the Christian twist on the um, on the haunted house, where um, hot button social issues were addressed, like suicide and abortion, in a horror, uh, you know, spooky haunted house. Don't, kind don't of forget theme. drunk driving. Drunk driving, dying in a drunk driving accident, yeah. uh, playing with uh, Ouija boards and things that are associated with the, with the demonic world. And you would walk through the house or through the building. They would depict all these scenes of, of, of terrible life choices. And then at the end, you would have an opportunity to repent and turn to Jesus or stay in hell, which was a room which was had the heaters on. And they would open up these doors and you would walk in. i never forget. I was in sixth, maybe seventh grade. 
and there was a guy dressed in like a Satan costume and like horns and a pitchfork and and the lights were kind of orange and red and he was sitting on this throne just kind of laughing like ha 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 and then there's all these people dressed as demons and they were kind of scratching at you and and it was to terrify you and then all of a sudden these double doors opened up on the side and a bright white light just comes beaming into this dark room and of an angel standing there directing you to come into the pearly gates and you come through and then there's people sitting behind tables waiting to share the gospel with you about how you can not go to hell but go to heaven and so that's that's my earliest memory of what was what was like a haunted house, right? I was never much for haunted houses anyway. I never saw the appeal of them, but I did that a couple of times um, in, in in junior high, and then we kind of left that behind because it got kind of old. But but that's my experience, and I've always told that story because years later, when I was a youth pastor, I got called by another church in town to participate with them in developing one of these things. And I flat out said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because it's manipulative and it's bad. And they were like, you don't care about the lost. You don't care about children and their souls. I'm like, no, because I do care about their souls. We're not going to do, we're not going to do this. And so I got a little bit of hot, a little bit of hot water with them because of that. And I don't regret my decision one bit, but that was my experience with that, that type of spirit world kind of addressing it from a Christian perspective. Yeah, I never did haunted houses either. I am too big of a scaredy cat to want to do a haunted <laughs> house. I don't watch scary movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't watch horror movies. Put it that right, way. Right. I, I like you know a suspense. Spence. Sure, sure. But uh, yeah, I don't go for the, the haunted house. And yeah, I've been been through the whole judgment house thing. You and I, Oren, as Gen Xers, we grew up and survived the Satan Satanism scare oh, absolutely. of the eighties and yes. even on into the early nineties yes. uh, when you. Know, Parents were just losing their minds mm-hmm. over the fact that there was a Satanist a witch behind every bush. Yeah. You know, every time every time someone's dairy cow died, mm-hmm. it was because of Satanism. Yeah. And that cow was being targeted for sacrifice. Yeah. You know, we, it was just crazy. Don't play Dungeons and Dragons. Don't play Dungeons and Dragons. Don't, don't, don't play your records backwards. Don't, definitely don't play your, retro, your records backwards. And, and I think I'm, I'm, I would like to do maybe a deeper dive into this one day about why it was that it hit at that at that time? It, it's always the spirit world has always been a fascination yeah. for people f- forever, but for some reason that period of time, late seventies, eighties, yeah. early nineties, there was an obsession with it that we had not seen prior yeah. to that, and really since then. And it's just kind of odd, like it popped up at that point, and it just happened to be when you, you and I were children and yeah. going into high school. Well, Orrin, it's a good thing you know me because I have an answer for that. Okay, so one of the things that was part of this movement was. Uh, strong teaching against the game Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons. I know that's kind of where, part, okay. of, part of where it originated. So this is this is very much where it originated. There was a group of kids. I don't have all the details in front of me. Um, but basically, the Dungeons and Dragons had come out. If you don't know what that is, it's a role-playing game. Role-playing is basically organized pretend yes. for older kids. Yes. Kids, you know, uh, 10 years old and, and, and really up. Uh, after they kind of leave, uh, dress up as preschoolers, right. uh, early elementary. Uh, this is a way to kind of have adventures as you know, knights and wizards, it's and, a, it's, it's and a other game. things too. It's a turn-based board it's game. It's basically a board game yep. where you play a role, mm-hmm. and your decisions in that game determine the outcome. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Um, you do this every day with a video game. Okay, that's largely what sure. video games yeah. are. Yeah. And so Dungeons & Dragons was one of the, the first ones that came out, hit it big. Mm-hmm. Others have come out over the years and have been very popular. But there was uh, one particular teenage boy 
who had been playing this with friends. Uh, he went to a very ultra-fundamental church with his mother, and uh, she didn't really like him playing the games because of the fact that uh, it does have elements of magic in it. Uh, you know, some of the, the bad guys are monsters and things like that. But, you know, she allowed it. Uh, anyway, there were some things going on in his life that were really completely unrelated to Dungeons right. & Dragons. Right. Um, he did not feel that he was, you know, getting any better, that, that, that his problems were not being solved. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, he took his life. Wow. And in uh, her grief, and again, I don't want to downplay a mom's grief over losing a child, not one bit. It's just a horrible thing. I would never want that in my, my own life. Yeah. Uh, but she was looking for a reason. Why did my child take his own life? Mm -hmm. And rather than actually looking at the real problems that he was, he was dealing with, she, uh, encouraged by her ultra-fundamentalist pastor, identified Dungeons & Dragons as the source yeah. of it. And so uh, that pastor was then able to leverage that young man's death as a platform uh, to go on and uh, end up a national speaking a tour, tour yeah. against Dungeons and Dragons. Of course, you have a grieving mother there beside you in, in most of these events, mm -hmm. uh, speaking with you at live events, speaking with you on the radio. Uh, you're, you're putting out you know, the equivalent of the podcast of yeah, the day, sure. you know, cassette tapes cassette and pamphlets tapes, yeah. and things oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. And so without internet, without email, anything like that, this story went viral. Yeah. And so as that story went viral, there was built around that, this mythos that this was just the tip of a larger satanic iceberg yeah. in our culture. And so it just kind of kept growing and growing to include the music, to include other activities and things like that. And to the point where you, you and I are sitting there uh, as, as, as youth watching VHS tapes, yeah. lots of them. I think, I think that guy <laughs> doing, may have come doing, to my church. And doing things that uh, are like Judgment House. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think, I think that guy, that pastor may have come to my church. I don't remember all the details, but I was probably 6th, 5th, 6th, 7th grade, somewhere in that area. And I remember sitting in the sanctuary at my church in Eunice, Louisiana, and a, a man was standing in the pulpit speaking about Dungeons and Dragons. Specifically, he got onto Ouija boards and, and sort of the occultic stuff. And I, that room was packed full of people. It wasn't just our church. It was people from all over the area that had come to hear him speak. So it may have been that same very, that very same person. Yeah, very possible. Um, but that's really kind of where that got started. And so that just kind of goes to show we did a whole series on digital information yeah. a few weeks ago. You don't need digital technology nope. for information to snowball mm -hmm. and for an event to be rebranded, to, to have a new narrative put sure. on it. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden from there, things kind of go out. Mm -hmm. So this is just kind of our nature. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I look, I, I, I get that there are some bad things out there. We're, sure. we're going to talk a little bit about that here in just a, a moment. Mm -hmm. But we need to be make, be careful not to make assumptions right we want to always speak truthful about these things because if we're not careful you get these things that blow up in society like the whole satanism scare i mean horaro rivera yeah. know, even jumped on this did a big that. special yeah. Yeah. right it was yeah. it was yeah. i mean it was like one of the most watched things mm -hmm. that particular year and so we don't want to be alarmist but we also don't want to ignore these things as well right. because 
Uh, this is a growing thing. Uh, look how big a business Halloween is. Sure. Halloween is big business. We just kind of recounted our experiences. We both grew up rural. Yeah. Now, in the city, I'm sure people would have a different experience as of how it was when they grew up. Maybe right. more opportunities for trick-or-treat, more events. Mm-hmm. But even just in the time that we've been moving kids to now, we've seen just the the industry yes, that's behind this one-day event, mm-hmm. Halloween. It's like Valentine's Day. Like, yeah. it's, a sim- it's a similar concept where there's a buildup to Valentine's Day. It happens, and then everything's on sale half price after Valentine's Day, right? The candy <laughs> and the flowers and stuff. And then same thing with Halloween. You have the yeah. buildup for a month to this one night, and then everybody goes all out, decorations the next day, everything's taken down, the candy's half price at the store, right? and, and you're, you're getting ready for Thanksgiving. Right, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's an entire industry in the course of our lifetimes that has been built around this one day. And if there's anything capitalistic, it, it's, it's taking one idea and making billions of dollars off yeah, of it. Yeah, without a doubt. And so this is what's happened in places all over our country. Yeah, yeah. So, so like the, you know, the spirit Halloween stores or the yeah. costumes, yeah. those become like dollar generals mm-hmm. during this time. You go to the mall, other places – if there is vacant real estate, mm-hmm. they're sticking one of those in there, yeah. because they're going to make bank. Oh, sure, it's cheap. In that, in it's that cheap stuff, yeah, yeah, in Absolutely. that short period of time, mm-hmm. uh, you look at the candy sales. They they go on sale like sometimes late August. Mm-hmm. The Halloween candy's already out there, yeah. and people are buying it. Yeah, I mean, can, companies that make candy package their candy with Halloween themed right. packaging and shapes and it's on the shelves by mid to late August already yeah. like like you said, television shows like these sitcoms have episodes that are based around Halloween. Yeah, low, I mean, lower lower quality sitcoms sure, sure. have the Halloween yeah. themed episodes. Yeah, Seinfeld's by itself and it's right. all category. It's but exactly right. Yeah, and so it's it's an it's an obsession. Yeah. It's an opportunity for adults to dress up and it's perfectly okay. You know, someone someone made the point about this. I, I think it was a comedian that said that it's the one day of the year that adults can dress up like children and no one's going to give them a hard time for it, right? Yeah. Because you could put anything on. I was like, oh, it's Halloween. It's perfectly okay. But you can't go to work the next day dressed as a pirate. Like, you just can't. I don't want to be a pirate, right? <laughs> like, you just can't go to work dressed as, you know, Grover from Sesame Street. But on that day, you can. You can do it. Yeah. And, and so there's an entire sort of embracing of the holiday, of, of, the, of, the, of the, um, the ethos of Halloween, which is based around costumes and candy and getting out and being around people. But there is a spiritual element to it as well that we have to be aware, at least very at least aware of and, and, and try to understand it in a, in a balanced, um, non-alarmist way. Right. Halloween is kind of the tip of the, the iceberg. Yes. It, it's, a, it's an event that happens every year that allows us to turn our focus and acknowledge these things and talk about them, uh, talk with them about our kids, with our kids. And, and we should because absolutely the the interest in the supernatural, the spirit world, things like that, has grown over the years. And I don't mean like a little bit; mm-hmm. I mean exponentially. Absolutely, it has grown. I've been looking at some statistics as we're preparing for this live stream event. We're doing the Sunday on the paranormal, and some of the studies have as much as an eleven percent increase in interest over three years. Yeah, that's just three years. That's incredible. Okay, you typically you would see that type of double digit increase over uh, you stretch it out to like you know 10 15 years mm-hmm. but it has hit our culture so hard particularly among the younger generations mm-hmm. and has been uh, uh, I don't use the word adopted but has been highly considered as yes, something yes. that they can understand and participate in 
that now you see more and more weaving these beliefs into their worldview. Absolutely. And this is how this is how their life and their world now function. Yeah. Uh, I put a stat here in the notes that in the early 90s, I heard this stat um, this morning, Orrin. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the early 90s, the number of people in the U.S. who identified as Wicca. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wicca is the official designation for what most people would just commonly refer to as witches. Right. Okay. Uh, there was around 8,000 of them. Wow. That's a lot. A lot of people that consider themselves witches. Mm-hmm. Now, it's over 1 million. Wow. So people that are willing to admit or to, to, to publicly announce, yes. I am a Wicca or Wiccan. Yeah. yeah. And just to be clear, Wiccan is not, you know, women standing over pots of, you know, cauldrons with right. pointy hats and stirring and, you know, casting spells. Wicca t- typically has to do more with um, with what you would call humanism and the worship of nature. Yeah, naturalism, and humanism. That, yeah, and so there's a lot of different versions of this. Animism is kind of included in some of that maybe as well. Um, and, and so it's, it's all it's all kind of different branches, but it's a, right. it's a non-godly, it's, it's yeah. essentially a non-godly form of, of, of religion. And so we, we talk about this uh, when we talked about um, – uh, millennials and even Gen Z about that they are not less spiritual than their parents and grandparents. They're just as, if not even more spiritual, right? Because they've not only embraced, in some cases, religious ideas, but they've brought in these other sort of cultural ideas that maybe have become religious in in in, in some ways, and they've come sort of con- created this conglomeration of of spiritualistic beliefs and it includes some of these what were once kind of fringe beliefs that are now mainstream beliefs in our culture. Right. Um, I think about television shows that entire television shows have been based around supernatural ideas. Uh, they're just, there's tons of, I mean, when, even when we were younger, the show touched by an angel, which was, was, which was, um, which was based off of a, of a, of a, of a kinder, more gentler aspect of that. But you have all of these television shows and movies now that are based on the supernatural, yeah. spiritualistic world. It's it's big bucks. It is. It's major. Hollywood has picked up on the fact that the interest in the supernatural and the paranormal mm-hmm. is at an all time high yep. in recent memory. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we may be even getting closer to, you know, interest in this that parallels things that go back, you know, to like the the early eighteen, late seventeen hundreds. Yes. I mean, I mean, honestly. Sure. Uh, because it has become that prevalent in our society. And so you see every year a whole new slew mm-hmm. of supernatural paranormal themed shows mm-hmm. on TV. I mean, just go go look it up. Just yeah. look it up. Yeah. I mean, stuff about ghosts, mm-hmm. vampires, uh, people looking for ghosts. Yeah. Uh, you get into things like, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm I will admit I'm a big fan of the show uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. Huge, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 like the, based the, in the, 80s. the the Goonies mm-hmm. of like our generation. Yeah. yeah. But it has that that supernatural bent. Of course there's there's people who argue well is it supernatural because you've got these these monsters and you've got this other parallel universe, but sure. how do you get to it? Right. Well, you got to go through science. Right. Right. And so <laughs> it's it's an it's an interesting take sure, sure. because basically what it's it's declaring is that uh, this is more naturalistic right. than supernatural. Right. Uh, so even even with shows like that, mm-hmm. they get into various nuances of these themes, and they're just they're everywhere. And if one doesn't do well, there's one coming right, right behind, behind it. it. Yep. And so you'll see them on things like, you know, the History Channel, Discovery Channel, A and E. They're bread and butter. So many of those shows, uh, channels, are shows like this yeah. because they just get people to watch. Yeah. Like for you and I, like the show that was probably the most 
uh, geared towards this and had the biggest, longest run was Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, Unsolved Mysteries. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Yes, it was that'll that'll brilliant. that'll make you pull the covers over your your eyes yes. as a kid. Yes, because uh, sometimes it's all about uh, crime mm-hmm. that police haven't figured out. Other times it was about you know these these uh, tales of lore, yeah. uh, you know urban legends and spooky things stuff, like that, yeah. spooky stuff. Uh, but we are fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. We, at least at, at, a, at a subconscious level recognize that there is more to this physical realm. Yes. There's something else. Yes. That that idea fascinates. It's always fascinated yeah. people. From, from the earliest time of recorded human history, people have always been fascinated with, with the unseen things or the mysterious things. Right. Even things like, like, like Sasquatch and Loch Ness, things that can't actually be proven in real life in real time have always fascinated people. So the search for ghosts or spirits or how they haunt people or where, you know, all of these things have fascinated us forever. And, and in good capitalistic fashion in America, people have found a way to make a lot of money off of that. But what's happened is it has, is expanded to such a degree now that it's become so mainstream in our culture we can't ignore it and act like it's some fringe thing that just a few people are participating in. Or, the, or that it's just like something silly. Right. It's not silly anymore because yeah. a million people are identifying as wicked, which is an actual religion, right? It's not a true religion, but it's a true religion to the people that, that believe it. They are participating in this religious yeah, They believe lifestyle. some very specific things. And it's scary stuff. It's really scary stuff. And and so this what was, what was for us... A, a fun night of, of walking around in a weird costume with a ghost or a character of some sort and asking for candy has grown not only in its amount of money that's being poured into it, but in the fascination with the unseen world. And as Christians, we have to be at least aware that, that particularly young people, young adults today are truly, truly interested in the spirit world. And as Christians, we believe in a spirit world. There is a spiritual element, a spiritual aspect that is going on all around us that we cannot see. And we have to be willing to address that in ways that are responsible, not alarmist, but certainly serious about what young people are really digging into. Yeah, I find it interesting that that secular culture is moving more and more towards these ideas regarding the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. But at least in, in Western Christianity, the church seems to be moving further and further away from an acknowledgement of the spiritual reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've become more and more like what C.S. Lewis referred to as chronological snobs. Yes. You know, the the more society advances with science, technology, and knowledge, the the more we can discount what people believed in the past. Yeah. And so oftentimes you'll, you'll see people, even in the church, they'll read stories about the miracles of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll look at specific things like, uh, encounters with demons, demon mm-hmm. possession, yeah. and stories about angels, and they'll discount that. Mm-hmm. They said though that was just their way of explaining something they didn't understand. Right. We know better now. We know because of science and, and medical advancements and and this and that that in reality, what was really going on in those situations was likely X. Right. And so. Uh, you know, we can kind of we can glean uh, some some truth from from uh, maybe the part of the story, but we don't have to believe that actually happened. That, that actually happened, right? Right. Um, and I think that's unfortunate that we're seeing a reversal. Sure. As as people in the church want to present themselves as more intelligent, right? The rest of society that they're trying to match an intelligence yeah. is embracing 
Yes. Spiritual things. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're embracing it in the wrong way. And so as people who hold the truth with God's revelation to us in Scripture, mm-hmm. we can actually know a good bit yeah. about the spirit world if we're willing to study it, yeah. which is kind of hard for us as Westerners. We don't have a place for the spirit world in our worldview. That's, exactly that's right. one of our biggest problems is that that's not, that's not ingrained in us. Right. We don't have anywhere to hang our hat when it comes to spiritual phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Whereas you go outside the United States and you get into like African and Eastern cultures, mm-hmm. they do. Absolutely. Big time. Oh, big time, yeah. Uh, they see them with no problem. Mm-hmm. They can't understand why we would deny the spirit realm. Exactly. And so uh, the, the first step, I think, for us is just to agree with the Bible mm-hmm. that there is this other realm, this other dimension that is spiritual, mm-hmm. that is not our physical realm, that it is a spiritual realm created by God. Absolutely. And everything in that realm is also created by God. Yes. These beings, these creatures that inhabit that, and that that realm and the physical realm that we inhabit do overlap, and there's interaction between the two. Yes, yes, I agree. And once we start with that foundation, then we can begin to really understand, I think, more of the nature of these beings, their purpose, mm-hmm. what's really going on with all the spiritual activity, how can we rightly understand it, and then how can we engage people that have really kind of just – give it into the fa- the fascination mm-hmm. that there's something out there. I, I just really want to know. And uh, isn't it, isn't it great? Well, maybe it's like this, or maybe it's like that. And they let their imaginations run wild. Yeah. And we as Christians should be able to bring them back yeah. and say, you know what? The Bible actually talks about that. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Are you, are you serious? Yeah, it does. It shocks them. Yeah, sure. And, Sit down and just kind of walk through, and, and, hear, what, hear what they have to say, and then explain what the Bible says about these and, things. Yeah, and their, their response will be, oh, you, you Christians believe in the spirit world? Uh, yeah. Yes. We, we actually do. Oh, really? I, I had no idea. Which goes back to your point that we've kind of left that behind, right. and we're only dealing with the physical world, and whatever spiritual about it is only um, what the New Testament reveals about the Holy Spirit, about spiritual gifts. Right. But the ideas of demons and and the 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 world, the realm of Satan, and and this um, this spiritual uh, sort of realm that overlaps with our physical realm, right. we kind of just push that aside a little bit. What's really interesting is if you remember a couple of weeks ago in uh, my sermon in Exodus 21, 22, and 23, there's a law in, in the Old Testament law where God said you will not allow a witch to live. Like if there was someone within the Jewish community who was practicing a pagan religion and there was a specific way in which they did that, um, they, were, they, were, they were eliminated. They were killed. It was a capital punishment to practice witchcraft, which in that time would have been a, adopting religious practices of pagan religions. That's So it was spiritual to God. God understood it as a very real temptation to enter into that spiritual world, and he was not going to permit it in the life of his community. So he, so he basically um, told his people, you cannot allow this to take place. He warns them throughout the Old Testament not to um, allow necromancers and, and these mysterious magic men to, um, to influence you or deceive you. So God understands that there's a spirit world which he created. Why would we now in our enlightened 20, 2020, 2021, soon-to-be world that somehow that has no relevance to our world anymore? Like science has not surpassed that. There is a part of our existence that we cannot see or explain, but it is very, very real. 
And it's sad that unbelievers have embraced that and sought to understand it a little better, where Christians, who should know this, have sort of ignored it. Like, if we don't talk about it, and if we don't pay attention to it, then it's not real, right? Right. And so we we heard about the about the Dungeons and Dragons scare and the Satanism scare and the Ouija boards and all that kind of stuff, and we said, well, if we just ignore it, it'll go away. Right. And so we tried to do that. You can't ignore it because it's real, right? It has some some influence in our lives for certain. It's not all powerful, but it does have some effect on us. We need to be aware of that and how to answer it. Like you said, answer it biblically. With the, with the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, I think that's our goal. Um, and so we can't be ignorant, and we can't be sort of uh, jumping into the deep end with all the crazies and try to just embrace everything, like everything spiritual. Well, no. Let's, let's be honest about what's, what, what we're dealing with here. Um, God is in his creation in the sense that he put it together to reveal his glory to us. Does a tree have a soul? No, I don't believe that. But it is part of this world that God made, this physical world, which overlaps with and, and crosses over with a spiritual world that we are unable to, to see or, or kind of get our hands around like we can with science. Science is something you can control. You can manipulate. You can write it down. You can quantify it and categorize it and understand it. The spirit world is not, which I, I think, and I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's part of the fascination with it is that it can't be boxed into a, a, a petri dish or a test tube or some kind of scientific formula. It's kind of it's kind of the wild west in in a way where it's wide open. You can kind of believe whatever you want, and that kind of fits our cultural tendencies right now to embrace all kind of religions, polytheism, cultural. I mean, uh, uh, religious rel- relativity. The spirit world is just part of that formula. Now you kind of plug in. And embrace and that. Take aspect. what you want. Yeah, take whatever you yeah. want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the spiritual world is one of those things that I think it has a lot of appeal, not only because it's just part of that buffet now, yeah. where I take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but people are looking for something in their life. Yeah. You know, we, we struggle with issues of control. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the big things in people, people's lives today is they want control. I get that. You, you don't want things just spiraling into chaos. Exactly. So you want control over your family, your marriage, your job. You want control over your kids. You want control over your schedule. The spiritual aspects of some of these beliefs offers you a chance to have control. Yes. And I think that's part of the appeal to it. And I think another side of it is that whole idea of secret unknown knowledge that you can tap into. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of have, uh, you know, come to the limit of everything that I know. Is there anything else out there right. that is going to unlock the secrets of the universe and my happiness and my place in this world? Yes, as a matter of fact, there is. Yeah. You know, have you ever considered, you know, what astrology can teach you mm-hmm. have you ever you know uh, gone for a tarot card reading and let the spirits yeah. reveal to you oh no i've not is is that real oh sure absolutely I'm, am i missing out on something i'm missing out on something yeah yeah so if there's the, if there's something out there or if there is this realm that knows more than i do mm-hmm. and can share that knowledge and can part it can give part of their power and allow me to know more and have more control, then that's very attractive Mm -hmm. to someone who feels like they're just sort of floundering in 
life Mm -hmm. and it's just not going their way and they need control. They need power. The spirit world can give that to me and you don't have to go all, you know, wicked witch of the West in order to adopt some of these beliefs. Mm -hmm. Most people don't, but they do begin to, to look and to try things and to, and to, uh, expand how they think on certain issues based on what they're getting out of uh, these beliefs about the spirit world, beliefs about the paranormal. They're searching for something else. Yes. They're either bored or they're fascinated with something, and they want bigger answers. So some of the things you listed here are some of the, the, some of the things that are involved in this spirit world. Ghosts, spirits, haunted houses, hauntings, things like that. We see that all the time. Um, angels and demons are, are probably the biggest topic that Christians will, will be willing to discuss. Mm-hmm. Things like the occult, which has to do with Satanism and things like that. Witchcraft, astrology, horoscopes. These are all areas that involve the spirit world. This is how the ancient peoples will looked up into the sky, seen how the stars were aligned at different parts of the year, and they eventually developed what we know as the horoscope now, which are, are the astrological chart, which can tell you about yourself and if you've ever read the horoscope, we used to do that here at lunch every once in a while. We would read the horoscope to see how it would describe us based on what your birthday is. And we'd be like, that's not even close, right? But people believe this stuff. They're fascinated by it because somehow that's a prediction of who they are, or what they're going to do, who they're going to be. It goes to show you that God made us to be spiritual beings. We are physical, but we are spiritual as well. And we can't ignore one or the other. This is what um, what Paul warned against when it came to the Gnostics, who separated the spiritual from the physical, and he warned the people that the physical and the spiritual both matter in a person's life. The Gnostics were basically ignoring the physical. You could do whatever you want with your body. It doesn't matter because what really matters is your spirit and what your mm-hmm. spirit is. And God says, no, they're one and the same in the sense that you are spirit and you are flesh together, right? And and so as Christians, we have to be willing to at least have conversations about these things and not be scared of them or just ignore them like they don't matter, but to find a middle ground where we're willing to talk about the paranormal, talk about the spirit world, and say, what does the Bible have for us? How are we to understand this biblically so that we can be spiritually healthy? Because I think you and I would both agree that what our society needs are spiritually healthy people. <laughs> we need spiritually healthy men and women. Very much so. In our churches, in our homes, because that creates a balance in a society where these types of things have always existed. We are. This is not new to the world, all right? The spirit world has always existed in every culture. Every religion has embraced some form of it. We need to have a biblical understanding so that we can answer the right questions and we can address the movies and the television shows and be able to take the 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 more funny, I guess the, the funnier parts of it and laugh, but then the serious parts to go, okay, this is, this is bad news. Let's talk about this and why this matters. I think if we equip ourselves this way, we can then speak truth into a society that's largely embraced something that they have no clue how, how to understand or what to do with it. Yeah. People need some clear direction on Absolutely. this. Absolutely, I totally agree. Because like you said, it is the wild west. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in these things and you start searching for answers, man, the, the people you are going to encounter with answers are going to vary all over the place. I mean, but go back, let me just make another Seinfeld res, uh, reference. Do you remember when uh, George went to go see the, um, the healer 
Oh yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy, yeah. you know, he turned blue. He turned blue. Yeah, you know, and so uh, there's just kind of their way of sort of mocking just some of the bizarre approaches that some people have to some of these these otherworldly mm-hmm. spirit type beliefs mm-hmm. um, that it can just come across as such gobbledygook, yep. and anybody can come and claim to be an expert, a mm-hmm. guru, yeah. and my goodness, they can just lead you it to sounds, a point that you turn blue. It sounds so good. It sounds yeah. br- like like Kramer tells George, go see my my, my herbal healer. He'll, yeah. he'll take care of you. And George is so against sort of a systematized medicine. He, I'm not paying that copay. I'm not paying a deductible. I'll go see Kramer's guy. And then he gives him some kind of weird medicine. And turn, George turned blue. He's back on the, he's in the ambulance, right, trying to choke Kramer because it didn't work. Well, yeah. there was an element to that where Kramer was like, I agree. I don't want to pay for copays or deductibles for hospitals. This herbalist can help me out. That's a spiritual approach to healing. It's, it's naturalistic. But there's a spiritual element to yeah. That. We're not we're not talking about you know actual actual uh, properties in some plants that no. do have medicinal uh, help. You were talking about like some weird stuff yeah. where you're aligning your 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 spirit and chakras and then this and guy was like a that. kook. He was a kook. Is right. what he was. Yeah. And so, but it's 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 kind of painting it in, painting it in a funny a funnier light. But the reality is, this is happening all of all all over the world all the time. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, the, the the time you spend in Africa, I know you don't have time to get into the stories, but the animism. And the, the spirit world there yes. was very, very real. Absolutely and, real. And as you said, our society, because we believe we're so developed and so modern and enlightened, we've kind of tried to leave some of that behind. What's interesting is that it's kind of reared its head again, and people are embracing it. And so as Christians, the encouragement would be know your Bible, know what the Bible says about the spirit world. Um, know that as a Christian with the Holy Spirit in your life, in uh, affecting your heart and mind, you can understand and discern these things. Just like John says in, in, in 1 John chapter 4, test the spirits. There is a spirit in every teaching of some form. It's either the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ, or it's a false spirit, a satanic spirit. And so we have to be able to test and discern those things so we know what the truth is and what the error is. The only way you're going to know that is if you know the truth. Well, the way you know the truth is you study the Word of God. And God's Word, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will help us to balance our understanding when it comes to understanding this this spirit world. Yes, God's Word is definitely where we want to start. But let me offer you something, listeners, that could be helpful. Mm -hmm. It's right around the corner. Yeah, commercial time. Commercial time, yeah. Shameless plug for us. We are going to be hosting a live stream event this Sunday night at 6 p.m. on the YouTube channel of First Baptist Church Baton Rouge. Easy to find it. Just go on YouTube and search First Baptist Church Baton Rouge. Make sure you use the full name. We will come up. There are no other First Baptist Church Baton Rouge in uh, Baton Rouge. That's right. Or it. In the world. In the world. Mm -hmm. And so find us. 6 o'clock, we're going to have a live stream event called Paranormal. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get into... Uh, some teachings on, on what the Bible says about these things. Again, it is not going to be in-depth, but it's going to be, I think, a great introduction. Consider it like a 35,000 yeah. feet flyover mm-hmm. of some of this, and there's going to be a Q&A time, mm-hmm. so that you can actually, uh, in the comments, ask questions, and we will do our best to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. So tell your friends. If you've got other people, neighbors, uh, crazy uncle, you know, that I was always talking about this stuff. Let them know. 
you can go uh, on our Facebook page. You can also go on our YouTube channel, and you can share uh, the event on Facebook. You can share a teaser video mm -hmm. on our YouTube channel, and just let people know, hey, this is an opportunity to hear some things of what the Bible teaches about this subject. Absolutely. And so we're looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a, a great evening, and we definitely want people to tune in, especially if they have questions about this. Yeah. So this is a great way for you to engage with them mm -hmm. in an indirect way. Mm -hmm. Just say, hey, you know what? I, I know some people that are doing a live stream on that. You should watch it. Absolutely. And, and send them the link. If you if you have uh, children or grandchildren especially that are, that are uh, of age to understand this, I would encourage them to go there. Parents, grandparents, I would encourage you to tune in. And listen to this so that you have some equipping for your own life to right. answer their questions and to address their concerns. I strongly encourage you to tune in Sunday night, 6 o'clock, YouTube Live, First Baptist Church, Baton Rouge. Dave's going to be leading us. I'll be behind the camera on the computer. It's going to be awesome. Yep, I'm going to put a link in the show notes, so be sure to check that out yep. um, um, when you're done listening. So that's all we've got to say. It's time to make some music. Do it. Now, once again, you have spent quality time with Orn and I. Quality time. It is very quality time, and we are grateful for it. We hope you have a great rest of your week. Be sure to tune in next week when we'll talk about something. It's going to be awesome. We, we Look, if we have enough questions from the q and I mean, from the, yeah. from the, we're from holding, the live stream. We're holding next week open in the possibility yeah. to talk about your questions about the supernatural. We'll be still coming up on Halloween. And yep. so, um, so we'll be doing that. And, uh, and, and at some point, Dave, we need to talk about this table that we're, that we're sitting at. This table's awesome. And all the awesome church graffiti that is on it. So that'll be, a, and maybe an episode one day. We'll talk about, um, church culture and the unique ways in which we express ourselves on our furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, folks. See y'all Sunday night.